Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. And Patrick Chiodi, I am Patrick Chiodi. I'm one of your hosts of this wonderful program. Joining me, of course, always is the man himself, Strap Harris, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, happy Friday, bro. How you doing? Doing good, man. Let's talk this sports, man. It's a lot of great news out there. Yes, a lot sir. of stuff to dive in today. Lots of uh, lots of little Broncos updates. Um, you know, yeah. we've we've been. This is kind of considered the dead time of the NFL offseason. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, it's right before training camp. We've got some small updates. First thing here on the docket, wide receiver KJ Hamler uh, reworked his contract to help the Broncos out with cap room. Um, He is still going to be getting, according to Field Yates on Twitter, uh, he is going to be getting his base salary of $1.583 million. Uh, with the chance to earn $417,000 more via receiving incentives. Uh, The Broncos also added an injury-specific IR split to the contract, which eases the cap implications for the team if he lands on IR with a uh, a specified injury. Uh, This is some upside for the player, some protection for the team. Chris, first thoughts here. I have to think that this is a response to KJ's uh, hamstring injury that's been bothering him really since he was drafted. But this is an opportunity for KJ in a prove it year to come out in a new offense and be a big part of this team, something that we've been waiting for as Broncos fans and loyalists for the last few years. Uh, what do you, do you think this is a good thing for yeah. KJ and the team going forward? Yeah. I think it's a good thing for the team. You know, uh, you have a, a guy that's drafted and um, you're giving him a chance to prove who what he can do. And and he, you, on his side, he's like, oh, I'm on a one-year deal. I'm on a prove-it deal. And if I go out there and ball, I can get paid next year, right? So he's still a young player. So he's And yeah. he hadn't really had a lot of games that he's played, you know. It's not like his body's ran through, you yeah. know. He just has to stay healthy. Yeah. So um, looking at it looking at it that way as a team, I'm, I'm happy because now – this guy has to go out there and prove, and he has to be hungry all year, and yeah. at a lower, a lower value. And but it's interesting because he's a drafted guy, and you mm-hmm. usually don't see this like being reworked and things yeah. like that. Usually, undrafted have like a split in their contracts. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I know I did uh, coming in the league. So really, um, seeing these, seeing a drafted guy have that in their contract, you know that. It shows that's something new to me. I haven't seen that too much. Seen that happen too too often. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely got to be something to do with. You know, he he is such a valuable player. When, when you think about his tangibles, I mean, he is mm-hmm. fast, lightning fast, right? We didn't we don't even really know what he ran in the forty. Uh, he didn't run at the combine uh, the combine, but somewhere in the four like high four twos, low four three range, explosive player. 
a really solid route runner. When you go back and you watch his tape from Penn State, this is not a guy who, you know, you just put outside and just let him burn. He's not a guy that you just put in the slot and let him burn. This is a guy who can run those 10 yard outs, those complicated route, the, you know, post corners, deep shot uh, routes that most, most bigger body receivers would run. This is a guy who has limited size, but he can still catch the ball, still make plays after the catch. Uh, and, and someone who we definitely want to see in Broncos country. So I think that this is a great thing for the team. It's a great thing for KJ. Yeah. He's a like, I, I think the, the biggest misconception is like, oh, he's he's hurt all the time. And, you know, we just need to get rid of him. But like, he's such a good person off the field. He's probably one of the funniest guys you'll meet. One of the funniest guys in the locker room. But his explosiveness and, and his tools is something that is so valuable in the NFL these days. You really can't let that go by the wayside. So I think that this reworking right. of this last year of his rookie deal, it, maybe it's an opportunity for them to say, hey, we want to see what you have to offer. If We want to keep you in Denver long term, but before we can commit to that market value, we have to see what you can offer us. So KJ Hamler... Right reworked his contract there. Uh, another piece of interesting news here, Chris, Drew Sanders, the Broncos rookie linebacker, the third round pick out of Arkansas, NFL.com projected him to make the all rookie team, uh, which is insane yeah. to think about for a, a third round pick. But you know, what are your thoughts about this? Do you think a guy like Drew Sanders yeah. can make that all rookie team as a, a role player in this defense? Yeah. That means our starting two linebackers aren't doing too good, you know, if if that happens. So uh, we I, they're running three, four. So you mainly have two inside linebackers. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. the, your two outside guys are rushers or uh, and one of them can really do cover and rush. Yeah. Right. And uh, so if if our starting linebackers are playing good, then we expect this guy to come in and, and you, you know, make a lot of tackles, come in and ball. Yeah. But uh, I don't see that happening just with. He might have to make a major impact on special teams to start yeah, start definitely, out. Definitely. And um, if one of those guys get hurt, of course, he might be able to come in there and make an impact. But uh, I think that's a bold reach, you know, yeah. uh, to say that uh, he's going to come in and be all rookie team over our two starting linebackers that played solid last year yeah. um, that uh, are very durable. I think those guys played probably the most snaps out of everybody, you know, seeing yeah. uh, those Singleton guys are in the did. lineup. Yeah, Singleton, yeah, Singleton like right? Top in the top on the team in in total snaps. Yeah, Josie, he might, you know, he can pop up getting injured every once in a while. I yeah. don't think he's been perfectly healthy uh, in his career, but um, Singletary, you know, he's he, he was he played a lot of downs last year. So yeah. um, I, I'm not going to say he's not going to play and not going to be able to make an impact because uh, we definitely need him on special teams making an mm -hmm. impact. So uh, hopefully, if he can. Um, build his way through special teams and eventually find his way on the field. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. I, th I think that with his overall skill set, uh, and having watched him in the draft, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of him. Uh, but I've historically, I've, I've been saying that I wasn't the biggest fan, but then when I went back and I looked, I was like, okay, this guy's got a lot of tools. He can bring a lot to the table. Uh, and we spoke before about, him potentially being in that kind of Micah Parsons role where maybe they, yeah. maybe Vance figures out a way to use him as an edge rusher. Maybe he comes in, yeah. in, in certain situations where Josie isn't performing the best when they go nickel or, or if they go, mm -hmm. even if they go dime, I wouldn't be surprised if they 
put him out there as, as the lone linebacker and dime because his side to side athleticism and his clothing closing speed is so insane. It, it, it really just pops yeah. off the screen. So we'll check to see if Drew Sanders will make that all rookie team. But for now, yeah. NFL.com is projecting him to be on that team. Next thing we have here, Pat Sertan, the second has uh, was selected as the most underrated player on the Broncos by sports illustrated. Chris, this is surprising because Pat is like, <laughs> Pat's probably our best defensive player. What do you, yeah. what do you think about this? Him being named most underrated. Does this add a little chip on the shoulder? I don't know how our best defensive player on the team, you know, uh, could be uh, underrated. You know, it doesn't make any <laughs> right? sense, but, um, but uh when I when I think of underrated player on the Broncos, I would say like a guy like Tim Patrick, you know, a guy that doesn't get a lot of noise out there, but he produces every week, you know, that's yeah. very consistent. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to think who else is very under K Kwan Williams, you know. Yeah. I think he's a very K-Wan. underrated player as a uh nickel, you know, being mm-hmm. a solid solid nickel player around the league. So um I think there's a lot of other choices other than Patrick yeah. Sertan yeah. for being underrated. So yeah. it's it's uh I think they they didn't really look at the roster, you know, they just <laughs> kind of made a quick choice. But yeah. uh he's definitely not underrated. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, uh, I think that my my most underrated player uh on the Broncos defense, not even just the whole yeah. team, but on the Broncos defense for me is is Mike Purcell. Because yeah. what he's been able to do since the Fangio days when he came in, I, I mean, this was a guy who was yeah. tossed to the side multiple times, mm-hmm. cut by, you know, what, like seven different teams. And now he's come in yeah. and, and been able to produce at the NFL level and, and really one of the best uh, gap stuffers in the NFL. So, right. That's a great P- choice. Yeah. PS2 as, as underrated to me is, is, God, I don't know about that. Another guy who I would count as underrated is a guy like PJ Locke or Caden Stearns. Guys who come yeah. in in certain situations where when guys have been hurt or they make big plays on special teams, those two guys as well, those are guys that make huge right. impacts and don't really get a whole lot of the light. So moving on to uh, another surprising pick here, the 33rd team who, if, if you haven't gone and checked out their work, they, they do a lot of great work over there, a lot of great analysis. Uh, they did a X-Factor player for all 32 teams. And Chris, I, when I opened this article, I was like, okay, X-Factor is going to be like, it's either going to be like Sean Payton uh, mm-hmm. or it's going to be Russell Wilson or it's going to be Jerry Judy. It was Mike Burton, the fullback who was chosen as the X-Factor. What do you think about this? A fullback? In yeah. today's NFL, being picked as the X Factor player for the Broncos, when when I think of X Factor, I'm thinking like Madden, like that's the <laughs> one with the you know with the star, the X Factor. You're like he's the impact player on the team. Yeah. But um, with Sean Payton, he is going to use a fullback, and yeah. um, that is in in his offense. And um, so he does he does do power back. He does use the fullback. He won, he will catch him in the flat. You know they do. He does use the fullback more. So um, you can see we will need a great fullback, you know, to implement with this run game. And hopefully he's a he's a good choice and he can open up some holes. And, you know, Williams and uh, those guys and company can be able to, you know, follow him. So if if they're choosing him as an X factor, hopefully he's a big X factor in the run game because uh, Russell's going to need that. The whole offense is going to need consistency 
and be able to uh, take some momentum, take the clock from the other team. I feel like yeah. in the past, the defense has just been on the field all game. So all let's game. just let's take the clock. Uh, let's run the ball, and we're gonna need that. We're gonna need the fullback to be able to open up some holes to help with the O line. Yeah, Mike Burton coming over, of course, from the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a that was a big gig, yeah. you know, and, and that's really a position that we haven't had like a true player at since Andy Janovich. Yeah. That was the last time that yeah. we had a real fullback on the Broncos. They've been using you know these tight end hybrids the last few years. Andrew Beck right. was in that role. Uh, they, they've used a couple other guys in that role. And, and while it kind of works sometimes, like you want that traditional yeah. fullback, you want that guy who's, he's got a couple screws loose upstairs and he's fine with just running mm -hmm. his head through somebody's face a la Marshawn Lynch. Uh, the, the last thing that I'm going to say here, uh, there was a tweet that got put out by some account who calls themselves a Jarrett Stidham truther that was stating that <laughs> Sean Payton has been quiet about OTAs in this offseason because Jarrett Stidham, the backup free agent quarterback that the Broncos signed this offseason, has been secretly outperforming Russell Wilson during these camps. I think we can just laugh this one off, Chris. Yeah. The reports that have come out about Russ in camp have been stellar. His accuracy has improved. His footwork has improved. Mechanics have improved. The whole reason they bring in Stidham is because they want consistency from the backup, from the backup quarterback yeah. position. Uh, quick thoughts on Jarrett Stidham yeah. outperforming Russ. Uh, I didn't, I never got to play against Stidham, but I doubt, I highly doubt this is true. And yeah. I uh, don't see that. You happen. know, yeah, I don't see that happening at all. I think it's just a little fluff, but you know, people will take that and run with it. Anything that's negative with Russ, you know, it's a big deal, you know, mm -hmm. with Broncos country, you know, they might take it serious. So um well, I would did. say just don't <laughs> yeah, don't put too much emotions in it, man. OTAs don't show you anything really. Okay. Yeah. It's it's flag football, you're not leaving flags, seven on seven, right? It's it's yeah. just you might get more um, – you might be able to see how DBs move receivers, things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, quarterbacks, you, I mean, you, you'll you get a little bit of judge, but it's not like they're having a rush, right? Yeah. It's not a real real, yeah. real game atmosphere for a quarterback, you know. So It's scary. Um, I don't – yeah, it's I don't really buy in. too much into seven-on-seven. Seven. I've seen guys have amazing seven-on-sevens, seven, and when, when, once we get to training camp, they're not, they're not playing like that, right? Yeah. So – um, you can't just take too much into it in seven on seven. We'll see how they show up in training camp, and y'all get to be there every day to see it for yourself mm -hmm. to see who's winning the competition, right? right? So let's just let's just hold our horses a little bit and wait till the training camp, and we'll get to see. Boy, I can't wait for the uh, the the daily quarterback updates on Twitter right. <laughs> from training camp every day. The during mm -hmm. the the Lock and Teddy year was the like most obnoxious <laughs> every single day oh lock lock completed this many teddy completed this many is like, who cares just pick the mm -hmm. best guy and let's go forward so those are some quick broncos updates without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, Chris, love hearing your reactions on those. Yeah. But let's get into uh, let's get into some training camp thoughts here because it, yeah. we're still about a month or so away from training camp. Um, I think when we talk about training camp and, and we've been talking about it in these last few episodes, it's it's really important for a lot of these guys to go into training camp with their, you know, these high expectations. And we talked about that in our last episode. So I wanted to ask you today and, and I wanted to talk about which, which Broncos players you think are, have the most heat on them going into training camp. We're going to do one offensive player, yeah. and one defensive player. Let's start with your offensive choice. Yeah. I mean, of course, the obvious choice is Russell, but it, I won't say it's Russell because he he's got his money. He's really secure, you know. Yeah, he's set. So I would, yeah, he's set. So um, I would say, let's go with Judy. Actually, really, like- not even Judy. I might go with Cortland. I feel like yeah. he has a lot of heat on him because sure. um, Judy's really is not. He's not supposed to be the number one receiver. Cortland mm-hmm. is supposed to be the number one receiver. Yeah, right. He's supposed he's to be the, the big boundary receiver, the X. Uh, the guy, you know, the Megatron guy. So um, that's um, – he he's under the most heat, I think, to come out and prove. I don't know uh, – I, I think he's had a 1,000-yard season. I might need to do some more reach on, research to see if Cortland's reached 1,000 yards. But he, he definitely this year has to have 1,000 yards, close to 10 touchdowns yeah. uh, to really uh, proclaim that I'm the number one receiver here in Denver. You know, uh, it's competition. And, you know, Judy wants to proclaim that he's the number one receiver. He wants to get that big contract that says mm-hmm. I'm the $20 million receiver here in Denver. So it's going to be great competition. And I think uh, Cortland really has to show that he's the number one guy. Yeah, fantastic choice. And and Court has had 1,000-yard receiving season. Mm-hmm. That was 2019 uh, when he had 172 catches, 124 targets, 1,112 yards and six touchdowns. That was, was that my last year? Was that my, that might've been my last year there. That he was, was yeah. He was going year. off that year. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was when we were like, Oh man, we like, yeah. You know, DT's gone. It's the year after they trade him away. Yeah. You know, it, uh, there's all the questions about who's going to be that next big receiver in, in Denver. And that was when court kind of solidified that. And then of course the next season, tore his ACL and, and really has right. been trying to get back to that. But Chris, I, I love that pick because we have Tim Patrick coming back and, and his relationship with Russ that was building last year during, during training camp and OTAs was so important to see that people were starting to think like, okay, maybe court is expendable. And that's kind of the ba- been the basis of all these mm-hmm. trade talks this off season. So um, like perfect pick there for your guy who has the most heat on him. Um, You know, again, Russ is probably the guy who has the most heat on him going into training camp, but to stay away from the receivers, uh, you know, because you picked court and honestly, that's who I was going to pick. If you didn't pick him, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go with, with two choices here. I know this is cheating. Garrett Bowles is my first choice because I feel like, this is this is a season where he's getting older. He's coming off of that injury. You know, they, they re-signed mm-hmm. Cam Fleming, who can be that swing tackle. But this is also this upcoming draft is probably the best offensive tackle draft 
we will see in the next few years. And there's a very high chance that Garrett Bowles will be replaced uh, after this mm-hmm. season. So th- this is a, a nut up or shut up year for Garrett Bowles yeah. uh, in my eyes. The second player uh, who has the most heat on him is Albert Okuebenam, the tight end. You know, mm-hmm. he's still a young guy. He's still got tons of talent, but he's got to put it all together. And in this offense, Sean Payton utilizes tight ends and he knows how to utilize tight ends with those kinds right. of abilities. So stay healthy, get on the field, make your impact. Uh, for defensive player, Chris, the one player who has the most heat on him, who you got? Yeah. Oh, Randy Gregory, by far. Yeah. He yeah. has some. He has the most heat. He has to go out there and prove it. I think he signed a two-year deal. Was it a two- or three-year deal? So yeah. it wasn't. Three years. Three years. Yeah, three-year. So yeah. really, it's a two-year deal if we talk NFL language, right? Yeah. So uh, he has to put up or shut up too, right? Yeah. It's a contract year for him, and uh, we we took a great chance on him and from what we've seen in Dallas, and it's time to get a return on that. So he, this is a big year for him to show that he was worth the money and that he can come over here and, and make plays. So uh, we're waiting to see that. That's what. So I think uh, he has under the most fire – um, I can't see anybody else that has much, you know, much pressure. Of course, Pat Sertain has a lot of pressure. He got to be able to shut yeah. down the number one receiver every week. Always. Most so that's player. a lot of great pressure. Yeah, so you got a lot of great pressure right there off top. But I'm going to go with Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, we need you to make the big plays. We need you to be an impact player off the edge every week and be very consistent uh, player for us. So that's that, that's the guy that I'm looking to step up. Yeah, with Frank Clark coming in, I think that's a great point as well. You know, Baron Browning's been dealing with injuries, but like he is also a talented guy, but can he stay on the field? That's like the biggest question. Yeah. So if he and Browning is going to start the season on the PUP list, so Gregory can kind of have a sigh of relief there. But like the more pass rushers, you you spoke about this before, the more pass rushers that you have that you can rotate in, the better. And yeah. and Randy in his he's 31 now. This is this is a crucial time for him in his career, yeah. and this has to be the season where he stays healthy, gets on the field, and shows out. Um, my defensive player players uh, that have the most heat are the two guys that I mentioned earlier, Caden Stearns and PJ yeah. Locke. Uh, the fact that they drafted JL Skinner, they brought back Kareem Jackson. This this kind of tells me that maybe they're not so set on Locke and Stearns as as the majority of us think they are. I think that both yeah. of those players are great players, and Vance Joseph is going to know how to use them correctly, but they have to be able to produce more. Like, they're getting into their third season in the NFL. This is yeah. the time where you stop being so much on special teams and you start getting out there in the defensive rotation. And while their special teams value is great, we need to see them more on the field on defense. So Chris, love your answers. Right. Love your insight there. Um, now we're going to get into our favorite portion of this show, the no fly zone. Chris, the yes, section's sir. all about you, man. It, and I love coming up with these questions. We're actually going to have a mailbag for questions for Chris for all topics of the show, including the no fly zone. So be on the lookout for that. Give us your answer. Uh, give us your questions on Twitter, and we will do our best to answer them on this show. But Chris, for this episode, I want to talk about Super Bowl Fifty. I'm wearing my Peyton jersey today. 
I'm wearing the Super Bowl yeah. hat from the uh, from the Packers Super Bowl, uh, which was the first game that I watched as a as a Broncos fan as a young kid. For me, Super Bowl Fifty holds a special place in my heart. I want to know who the most underrated player on that Super Bowl Fifty team was from your perspective. Yeah. Man, on offense. I'm about to go with C.J. Anderson, offense. Yeah. You know, he, he made a lot of big plays for us. He was consistent in the run game. And Ronnie Hillman. I'm just going yeah. to say both those guys because yeah. Ronnie had a lot of big games too, RIP to Ronnie. Mm -hmm. So those two would be my, you know, quiet sleepers that balled um, during the Super Bowl year. And then on defense, I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with David Bruton. Yes. Because he was yes. a guy that was key for us in special teams and mm -hmm. also key for us. Um, and dime packages, different other uh, exotic packages that Wade Phillips used, where we used three or four safeties. And we used his talent, his ability, his long. Uh, he's 6'2", 6'3", guy, athletic, one of our faster guys. So we matched him up on a lot of tight ends, you know. And uh, he was very key uh, in a no-fly zone that a lot of people don't know about, you know. Yeah. And then I would say uh, linebacker, um, I'm going to go with uh, Danny Trevathan. Yeah. Right, a yeah. guy he did everything, you know, everything. play cover, man, zone, come and hit you, you mm -hmm. know, stop the run. You know, I, I still haven't played with a linebacker better better than Danny Trevathan, you know. So yeah. I would say um him being underrated, a guy that you know, a lot of people in Broncos country might not talk about too much. Uh so I would go with Danny Trey. Yeah, yeah, dude. I love that you bring up Bruton because that that dude, like it seemed like every game there was a special teams play that he was making, yeah. you know, forced some key fumbles, got a couple key interceptions during that season. Uh, so yeah. love to hear his name called. Um, so Chris, I, I want to talk about you as a football player. We all have strength and strengths and weaknesses as a football player. Yeah. You know, one of my strengths was my ability to run really crisp, good routes uh, and, and catch the damn ball. Uh, but one of my yeah. weaknesses was I wasn't too fast. So, you know, uh, I, I want to know from your perspective, what was your greatest strength as a football player? Yeah. Man, I would say my greatest strength is um, my fundamentals, I think. I had great technique, um, no wasted steps, um, and I was able to do it repetitively, you know, mm -hmm. being able to do it over and over and over again, being consistent in my technique. Um, when I was playing, you know, DBs or all my friends, they always called me like the Tim Duncan of, of football because with my drills, you know, Mr. Fundamental, you know what yeah. I mean, and technique. Yeah. So I think that's what really separ separated me and being, being able to play uh, so long in the league because I'm not the fastest, I'm not the tallest, I'm not the biggest or the strongest, mm -hmm. right? I could be one of the quickest, right? Yeah. Uh, you you got my, that and, like, in my time. Yeah. And stop and start and being able to have that agility, right? Um, things like that. I, I would definitely elite with that. But, um, you know, physical stature, I'm not, I wasn't like a Pat P that was 6'1 yeah. that had, that had yeah. the greatest, you know, tangibles coming in, a Bill. prototypical, yeah, yeah, you know, cornerback coming into the league. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, my technique, I can argue up and down, my technique was better than his, right? Uh, my fundamentals was on point. So um, that, that was, be the case for me of why I lasted so long and was able to play uh um have a long career and be consistent throughout my career is just trusting your technique uh being able to play a lot of all over the field yeah. because uh you gotta have 
Great technique on the left side. Great technique on the right. Playing in the slot. That's a whole nother world of packages of techniques that you have to know. Yeah. So and coverages. So um, being able to combine all that with uh, being uh, uh, precise on the field and no wasted movement and things like that. Uh, that's what I perfected uh, my game after. Yeah. And, and I mean, playing slot corner, uh, man, I, I was uh, talking with some of the, the kids that I used to coach in high school the other day. And they asked me, you know, what do you, yeah. what do you think the hardest position on, on defense to play is? And I mean, they were like, it's, it's gotta be cornerback. Right. I was like, well, outside corner or, or slot corner. And they were like any corner. I was like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Slot corner is way more difficult to play than outside corner. I, I mean, from my perspective, yeah. because you have to deal with, so like you have to deal with the quickness of guys. Sometimes you got to deal as a smaller defender, you got to deal with tight ends. You got to deal with bigger receivers yeah. uh, who still have that explosiveness from the slot. You got to have good footwork. You got to be able to work between linebackers and, and safeties. Like it, there's yeah. a lot more to that game than people realize. So Chris, great insight there on yeah. what your biggest strength was. Now, I, I, I want to ask it because I feel like this is just like a, a general sports question, right? Um, uh-huh. Your your favorite non-football professional athlete can, can be current, can be past, whatever other sport, just not football. Man, of course, baseball. I'm a, I love baseball, so uh, I'm going to go with – Jeter was my favorite player growing oh, up, man. I okay. love Jeter. All right. I was a Yankee fan. Now I would say Aaron Judge now because I yeah. still rock the Yankees. But um, the just, you know, his leadership, the way he always yeah. played. Uh, I guess I was in that era where, you know, the Yankees was hot at that time. We yeah. didn't have no Oklahoma team. I think we had <laughs> the Tulsa Drillers. That yeah. was like the, the double-A team. You know, yeah. we didn't have no teams. So, you yeah, man, that, like that was the Rangers. You got to pick between like the Rangers, the Astros, and the Rockies, or I mean, or the Cardinals. Yeah, you could have been a Cardinals fan. Uh, but. We had like, Mark McGuire was big during my yeah. time growing up. You know, he was huge, and that Sammy Sosa and them guys. Yeah. I, I guess now we call it. That was a even the though they called it the steroid era, or whatever. That was like amazing era of baseball, it, though. That right? was like the it, most fun era of baseball ever. Yeah, we were just hitting bombs every night. It was great. Yeah. It had to be the most greatest era of baseball. I, I mean, now yeah. it's starting to get more exciting. We have some younger players coming up that are that are some that ballers. Kid in Cincinnati, Ellie Dela. Oh Cruz. yeah, uh, that kid. Yeah, Dela Cruz. Yeah. Right, like there's more athletes coming. Right, so um, I'm, I'm liking the way they're changing the game. It's getting better, and it, yeah. it, it needs to get back to where it was though. So I'm a, I'm a baseball fan. My girls play softball, hey. so you know I'm I'm always we always got a little little bit. Uh, baseball tune in hey, sure. we might have to add a baseball segment to this show because I, i'm a huge baseball fan myself yeah uh grew up you know in the pacific northwest so i had ken griffey jr i had edgar martinez uh and then yeah. i got really blessed with ichiro for a long time uh you know every yeah. kid when i was playing little league tried to do the ichiro stance and you know no one could really get it down except for me so in ichiro <laughs> that's like my game like he was fundamental he yep. could do everything you know, he was versatile, yeah. played all over the field. So yeah. I love Ichiro, man. Yeah. That was a, you know, his I, stance. You, I mean, he always had yeah. that little funny. You got to do, do the pull. You got to <laughs> hit the pull of the sleeve and then yeah. come up. Yeah. It, dude, so f- funny story about Ichiro before we get off of here. This, 
Ichiro was never known to hit for like power, right? It wasn't uh, a big yeah. power guy. Average. He never held a, a average below 300. You know, one of the all time yeah. greatest hitters in the game, in, in the sport of baseball. If you ever went to a batting practice where Ichiro was hitting, I kid you not, this man would hit 20 homers in a row with ease hey. and he would launch those balls i went to a, a batting a batting practice session in seattle it was the year he retired so he wasn't even mm. playing but he was taking batting practice i watched this man hit the upper deck five straight times just one after the other so i'm glad mm. that you appreciate the, yeah. the game of baseball the same way that i do but chris awesome episode man lots of great insight in here uh, make sure that you guys are following yeah. us both on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr. at Patrick Coyote. Follow at Believe Network as well to stay up to date with our show. Make sure that you subscribe to this program on whatever podca podcast platform you are listening to us on. And Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.